1: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room
2: 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
3: And they were like, hey, what's going on? And then when they came home, all their payments had been stopped. They were just going no up way. to see their uh, missus for a week, yeah. Scandalous. Yeah, you
4: see that, that yeah, is yeah, it is tried. kind of bad, isn't it?
3: Just in I certain, mean, certain I'm in two
4: minds. I, I wouldn't travel now at all. I wouldn't go on a flight for this year at all. So in that sense, you know, I, I think they should be doing anything to stop you from flying. But at the same time, you can't just stop someone's payment.
3: I think it's illegal. Yeah. As in, I don't think there's a law. Some legal expert can clarify this for me, but uh, I don't know how they're gonna. You're meant to have free movement within the EU, so I don't know how they can they can stop that. Anyway, that that is shred Shredded for you there now, indeed. Oh God, yeah, beautiful. Uh, anything else that's on your head that you would like shred? Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. But uh, those those obvious ones here. Uh, this evening, somebody sent somebody in, and now they just deleted their message. I wonder what they want to shred. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> Well, you shred Liverpool fans. You would think they won something. <laughs> let's just let's just shred them. Yeah. Let's. Good luck. Oh, There's gonna be fan. a lot
4: of people. I'm a diehard fan now. I watched it yesterday. I know a few more players now. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, we'll um, give you the Liverpool football quiz, will we?
4: I wouldn't go that far now. You know, I'm still learning. I'm like a child that's gone to school to learn the alphabet. Yeah. So I'm nearly yeah, you're doing
3: Liverpool grinds. Yeah. Um, Keith no problem at all will you shred Liverpool fans who think they want something (laughs) Uh, and then oh but but, but I grow here now hang on a second it's like Luciana says they win everything they've won a lot in fairness uh, over the last few years I'd like to I'd like to shred I'd like to shred the queues inside this new shop I won't mention and the way people don't use social distancing spots on the floor and nearly sit in your ear behind you went up today and it was madness yeah, Mary, we will shred that for you. Absolutely no problem at all. No, I have noticed problem that at all.
4: In a few shops now, especially in, in town. They're not no one is following the uh, arrows or anything. They're just they're just doing their own thing. Well Shreddy, Shreddy. Still, have have queues, Still a lot of cues though. Still a lot of cues in shops. Which Madness. I was surprised about.
3: Madness. I mean, it's mad. Hmm. Hey, uh, that, that is shred for you there anyway. So uh, listen, the shredder's in the studio for the rest of the evening. If there's anything that you need to vent. If there's anything you need to get out of your life anything that's done your head in and you're just like this is absolute BS, let us know we will shred it for you, it'll be out of your life that easy, 87 uh, 67 on the way next we're going to be talking to our resident medical professional uh, Dr Jennifer White, she should be telling you about some ways that you can pick up SCIs from not being bold and not having sex that is on the way next here on Room
2: 104 F- F- FM is Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon
3: it's Cormac and Sisha here for you beautiful Monday evening let us know what you're up to seven six seven nine seven one oh four. and on Mondays we do like to bring on all the way from the United States New York City our resident medical professional professional I beg your pardon Dr Jennifer Wider Doc what's up how are things?
4: Things are good things are good thank you hoping things are good for you guys too Yeah doing good yeah I can't complain I mean always Monday is a nice day when people are back in work what's your luck? If there's any consolation,
3: Saoirse, it's just lashed rain here for like five seconds.
4: You see, the weird thing is, Cormac only lives about a 20 minute drive away from me. And right now I'm looking up the skylight and it's super bright. And of course it is late, but it's still kind of sunny, which is weird. And what's happening in Ireland, actually, which is even stranger, is it tends to rain all day. And about eight o'clock onwards (laughs) until it gets dark, it starts to then get sunny.
3: Sort of light out. It's
4: very convenient. Very. <laughs> My
5: parents' house, it was raining on one side of their house and on the other, it wasn't. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's, weird. So, that's
3: weird rain or a very big house, Jennifer. Now, nah, how big we talking?
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, but what's it's right, the house like stretches several states, but it, uh, but <laughs> on one side, the front yard was raining and then the, the line that it stopped raining was at their house, which is so crazy. And it was like sunny on the other side, it was wild. Um, and of course, there was a rainbow that ensued, but it's very interesting these these patterns that Mother nature decides to dole out to us uh they can be frustrating to say the least
3: and i literally only got the washing hung up and then it just started raining and now i'm slowly turning into my l1 one day at a time but sure look we'll uh, we'll we'll move on doc what you have in store for us this evening
5: so i have the strangest ways you can catch an sti or a sexually transmitted infection by not having sex so this is this is one of my favorite topics you guys there's this is one of those topics where you just sort of freak out after you listen to it. Because <laughs> I think as sasha mentioned to me off the air that, you know, when we started doing these segments together, I had mentioned that you can actually catch a sexually transmitted infection by borrowing your roommate's towel, right? So you may have somebody who had, you know, that you room with that may borrow your towel and it seems seemingly less harm, uh, seemingly harmless, mm. but unfo- but it isn't. And, and that's the thing. We never want to borrow towels or razors or toothbrush from people that we don't know their sexual history because all of those things that we can use can actually transmit sexually transmitted infections and other types of infections too. So I start this off by mentioning a towel. It's important to remember, especially when you're sharing towels, certain types of infections can live outside the body for up to 45 minutes, particularly an infection called trichomonas, which is a parasite. It's sexually transmitted and it thrives in like damp, moist areas like a towel. So you want to make sure if you don't want to pass anything along, do not lend your towel out to your, you know, to your roommate, to your sorority sister, to your landlord. You want to keep your towels to yourself. Crazy, right? That is weird.
4: Is it possible to get an STI? from a toilet seat
5: so this is one of those sort of myths that's been passed down through lots of different like viral trends online the technical answer to that sersha is yes and but incredibly unlikely right so what what a lot of parents do at least in the United States when their children are going to the bathroom that will sit on the toilet because a lot of women and men obviously don't have to sit on a toilet if they're urinating and women can squat well over a toilet but younger kids have a difficult <laughs> time with that and usually end up peeing all over their shoe so a lot of parents will line the toilet bowl what can happen and it's sorry to get a little gross on you is that if that area that isn't the actual toilet seat that your rear end is on but actually opens to other orifices in your body as a, as a woman particularly if you have an open area and somebody has uh, like sat on that area or maybe has some discharge and you accidentally sit on that there is a potential Including like menstrual blood that you can actually catch something. But the the answer to to that question is it's incredibly low, to the point that some people almost say it's negligible. But it is wise to line the toilet seat, I think, especially if you're in a public toilet, right? So I think it's great to always put an extra layer of toilet paper. Some places in the United States, I can't speak for Ireland, but some places in the United States actually have toilet liners that you can pull out of a public toilet and just line the whole thing and you can sit down. It feels like the paper that you sit out in a doctor's office, you know, when they pull I, I, the I've paper. I've seen that,
3: I think, once or twice here, mainly in, it might have been in, you know, those like, uh, the, the garages just off the motorways, the big fancy, it's usually an apple yes. green or, uh, uh, or an oh apple yeah. green or a K, circle K, whatever it is. I think I've seen one exactly. or two of them there, but there's just nothing worse than having to use a, uh, a public toilet or a toilet and work because I think obviously another reason why it's probably worse being a woman than it is a man in these situations because we get to avoid a lot of that contact with the toilet bowl and can just kind of take a little bit of a step away but unfortunately you guys have to you know get a little bit closer.
5: It's true. And, you know, it's such a good point. The, the other point I would make in this pandemic is that coronavirus, which we originally thought was, you know, just a respiratory infection, also infects the GI tract, right? So there are actual studies that if somebody has a bowel movement in a toilet bowl and then flushes, like that high-powered flush could the virus actually come out of the toilet and live on the toilet seat? So that was a conjecture. I know. It's a conjecture. So that's what makes these public toilets a little bit more frightening, especially now in this day and age. Like, I used to not like public toilets to begin with, but add the coronavirus to it, and it's
3: a total (laughs) panic attack. Yeah, like, game (laughs) over. See you later. But but just on, you mentioned something there before, the the toilet seat thing, right? Is it possible toothbrushes can pass uh, infections or diseases? That might seem like a stupid question, but I would have thought, if it's being used, would, would the toothpaste not have some sort of like antibacterial thing in it that would kill it anyway.
5: You know Cormac you should probably like write yourself a note like the the copyright because that's such a good idea like an antibacterial toothpaste the answer to your question is you know no like there the toothpaste is not going to kill different viruses that could potentially live on your toothbrush sharing oh, a no. toothbrush with somebody else is not a great idea especially because toothbrushes have been known to pass along herpes or herpes simplex yeah. one which is the oral type of herpes yeah. so if somebody has an outbreak of herpes for example and remember herpes virus may not be sexually transmitted it can also be orally transmitted there are two different types of herpes virus one is herpes simplex one and the other is herpes vir- simplex virus two the oral herpes is one that can be past sexually transmitted but it doesn't have to be and th- the type two is just genital herpes although i do have to tell you to get even more complicated if you're having oral sex with somebody with herpes simplex virus one, you can actually transmit it to their genital area. So then it becomes herpes simplex virus 2 where they're just named oh, for their location. Yeah. Oh, that is so confu- absolutely vile. But I know it's awful, but but the toothbrush, it can, can actually infect somebody else. You never, ever want to borrow somebody else's toothbrush. You, you want to just be careful with that, especially if you don't know their sexual history or their medical history for that matter. Lots of different things are contagious, unfortunately. Here's another one, you guys, that may be surprising to people are tanning beds, believe it or not. So- tanning beds, which are incredibly popular among younger kids in our in in my country like young adults and kids in high school that go and get that tan like before the prom or will go and get yeah. a a base tan before the summer that you see a lot of these advertisements for tanning salons which there have been a lot of restrictions lately because these tanning beds definitely up your risk of skin cancer but yeah. they do attract a lot of younger people and the issue is that hot temperatures can kill a lot of different bacteria especially those in a hot tub but it doesn't apply to tanning beds because it's uv light it's a little bit different so certain types of uh sexually transmitted infections can actually thrive in a tanning bed one of which is hpv human papilloma virus which is a virus that can cause cervical cancer but it can also cause genital warts and it's possible especially if people are tanning their nether regions that there can be breakouts linked to these tanning beds so if you go to a tanning salon that's not exercising good Sanit, sa- you know, sanitizing between client, yeah. really, really important if you're doing that. And I never recommend these because of the skin cancer risk. But if you are doing that, make sure that this that the place you're going to is sterilizing between clients really well. But
3: uh, these course. beds are uh, hugely popular here as well. You know, for all the reasons that you said. But I know there's some in like barbershops, and there used to be. You know, did you remember the uh, the chart posters, video shops that were here? I think there was tanning beds in the back of them for a while, where people would just there's pop in, in the... for like five minutes.
4: Yeah, there's one in the girls' changing room in my gym. I
3: thought we were going to say an F104. I was like, oh, come <laughs> on now. There can't be a no, tanning bed for the girls in work. Um, no, we, oh my God. But, but I'm bad, sure but, in, yeah. in those barbershops and in that gym as well, they're definitely not cleaning that down every time I, someone I uses d- it.
5: I I would agree with you and the chances are you know they're not sterilizing maybe at the end of the day but you know these gym bathrooms and gym like um, things that are in fitness centers and in you know we have the YMCA here like uh, public centers oftentimes it's a place that can pass infection and in fact like one of the tips that I want to give out is if you're showering at your gym or your club I always recommend wearing flip-flops Like, I can't express to you how important that is because there are always these outbreaks of different types of funguses that can be passed or athlete's foot from one person to the other, especially in these showers. And they're not sterilized after everybody uses them. And it's a very, very easy place to pick up all sorts of stuff that you can get passed on from foot to foot. And if you look at the studies, they're startling at these YMCAs or at... Public gyms or places that people shower—the number of different types of funguses that live in those bathroom, or fungi that live in the bathroom, would blow your mind. Um, so, from a public health standpoint, if you're doing that, bring a pair of flip flops because that actually can protect you. And, and the same thing is true for certain hotels. You know, even in these high end hotels. One of the shows, one of the news uh, magazine shows did a study, uh, you know, a couple of years ago that went into these high pricey hotels in a lot of the big cities from L.A. to New York. And you wouldn't even believe what's on inside the hotel. I think I spoke about this before, like from the bedspread to inside the bathroom. It's frightening. It actually would want you to, you know, you after watching one of these, I wanted to put a body condom on and lie inside <laughs> a, it like a, like a sleeping bag. No joke. Yeah. I mean... It, it just blows your mind. The other one I wanted to tell you is there was a entire um, movement of celebrities in the United States going commando without underwear. This happened with a lot of women, and they would go. A lot of women, you know, this was this big thing years ago, and it's still it's still a problem. We used to do magazine articles on the health dangers of going commando, right, for both men and women. But one of the things that women need to be aware of of is if you are going commando and then you go out to a a bar or a club and you're sitting on a vinyl seat, for example, Mm -hmm. you may not be able to pick up a sexually transmitted infection, although you could potentially if someone had sex on the seat and then you sit in a mess, (laughs) which, which is not unheard of in some of these clubs in LA. But if, you know, you could pick up different types of bacteria. There's a reason that we have underwear. There's a reason that... People, you know, even there are health reasons that people have pubic hair and a lot of in vogue is to get rid of it all, but it protects you from picking up these infections. If you're going commando and you don't have a lot of pubic hair to protect you, You can easily pick up some sort of bacteria, get it infection or get irritation down below. So it's very, very important to wear underwear and not sit on these seats. Another story that's just going to blow your mind, you guys, I covered this for Cosmopolitan magazine a couple years ago. There was a waxing salon and a woman who had gone in to get her eyebrows waxed. Now, a lot of people get waxed, as I just mentioned. It's very trendy to get rid of your body hair. Um, and And men aren't immune to this. There's manscaping all the time. But... So this woman went into a waxing salon to get her uh, eyebrows waxed, and this salon used a stick that had been used for another client. So the the thing about waxing sticks is that the temperature is so high that you think a lot of these diseases would not live, you know, it, heated up on a hot wax stick. but. Yeah. The truth is that there are some types of infection that can thrive in these very hot environments, one of which is gonorrhea. I mentioned human papillomavirus, but what had happened was the salon had done a bikini wax on a woman who had gonorrhea, used the same waxing stick on a woman for her eyebrows and as you know good luck would have it part of that waxing stick ended up dripping into her eye and she ended up getting gonorrhea in her eye i mean you'd never even think of that you can get
3: gonorrhea in your eye
5: in your eye and you can actually it's not just yeah the wax and obviously the story is so rare this isn't a typical thing that happens on the one hand if you do go get waxed It's incredibly important, you know, as I mentioned with a lot of these public gyms, it's also important in these private salons to make sure they're adhering to, you know, public health standards, one of which is using a new waxing stick for every client. You never should have a used waxing stick. You absolutely should refuse it. And believe it or not, a lot of people will cut the corners on this based on, you know, money. It's financial. If you don't use a full stick on one client, you can reuse it, but you really can't. You know, it's against the law in a lot of different places. And I'm sure Ireland has the same standards when it comes to Public health, it's very important to demand a new stick. But you can catch gonorrhea even if somebody ejaculates, not to get too graphic tonight, but even if somebody <laughs> ejaculates in your eye, you know, you might want
3: another reason why we goggles. should have those, yeah, face coverings <laughs> from now on, regardless of the, the virus, those, I those full I just face pull on my goggles.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's a new sex a toy in the bedroom suit. next time, we're going to be right.
3: this is ridiculous, hang on, what exactly <laughs> happens to your eye when you get eye gonorrhea
5: it's not fun, Cormac, like, and it's the same I, sort of symptoms as, no so you can, you know, and it's, it's very serious, and what what's interesting is like a lot of women you can pass this from mother to child right so oftentimes women are screened if they're pregnant to um for their children if they were gonorrhea or syphilis positive Mm. because as the baby makes its way through the birth canal the baby can actually pick this up in their eyes so it was very common to put eye drops that were antibacterial in a newborn's Eye and you'll see that now they can test for it but years ago they would treat for it because it can cause blindness that's the first thing but if you get gonorrhea an active infection of gonorrhea in your eyes it's very similar it's irritation it can be like you know uh discharge from the eye and it needs to be treated oh. it's not something that can go away on its own you, you know it's major irritation and that's the thing like if you end up and there are these freak stories of people having these types of sexually transmitted diseases in their eyes and you don't realize
1: it um i, ha- I just i'm just i'm just it.
3: trying to you know you're one explaining that to your doctor. Imagine how shocked you'd be learning that what's well, so my eye infection hasn't cleared up. It turns out you've gonorrhea in your eye. Oh, trying, trying to so explain dark. to the boss why you can't come in. I have an eye infection. Then I like, right. what? What? Yeah, I've, I've eye gonorrhea. <laughs> I got um, I had a bit of a crazy <laughs> weekend, and you know,
4: right? It was it was right. his
3: birthday, and sure, look, one thing led to another. Now I have I gonorrhea? Or oh,
4: worse? You're getting a wax done, and it just drips into your eye, and it's not even yours. Oh, just exactly
3: miserable! What a miserable way to get it. At least, yeah.
5: The other thing I wanted to mention: if your skin is irritated or broken before you go for a wax for a waxing and this applies to both men and women and I know that women are waxing way more than men but if you have skin irritation before going it is incredibly wise to postpone your waxing session really really important and the same is true for a lot of different things like if you're going to get tanned and you have like your skin is irritated or broken it's really really important you're just upping your risk of infection to postpone that session all right i know the women have had the raw end of the stick here so i wanted to just throw in guys one one of the oh, things excellent. that men do, yeah, yeah just so you can feel as bad as we do <laughs> one of the things that uh that can transfer sexually transmitted diseases without having sex is a man's beard believe it or not um, uh. Yes, I know this is this is a gross segment. The, the what's what's really interesting is you know you, you, you can date. I've never dated. My husband has never, and I've never dated someone with a lot of facial hair. But when he was studying for one of his medical exams, he grew out a beard, mm. and it you know, and he would eat sometimes, and you, and I'd be like, you have to wipe your face. Like I just couldn't stand seeing like the pizza in the fa- in the facial hair. It just <laughs> it just was no good for me. But what what can happen more less commonly than the pizza in the beard is that the beard can actually carry certain types of infections. One is pubic lice, the other is scabies, and the other is herpes. can be caught in beards, particularly following oral sex. This is not intercourse with an infected person. So let's say someone is having oral sex with somebody who has herpes. It can actually be carried for quite a little bit of time within a beard and then passed along to somebody else. Oh, dear. Awful.
4: I knew men with beards were dangerous. (laughs) dangerous. Another reason to be be aware. (laughs) So why?
5: So anyway, so that runs the gamut. So we're talking razors. You never want to obviously share a razor, as I mentioned before, with towels. The same yep. thing is true for toothbrushes. You never want to ever, ever borrow a razor from somebody else. Out of all of those things, towels and toothbrushes, razors will be more common to be able to transmit bacteria through irritated or broken skin, definitely. But they can carry infections from somebody that may be infected. And that's the kind of thing that you want to just, you know, by yourself. And I know, you know, I do a lot of work with college aged students and a lot of People borrow razors and toothbrushes without giving it a second thought. You mm-hmm. know, it's just the yeah. kind of thing that, you know, it's it's inconvenient to go out and shop that you just may borrow your roommate's razor but you may want to think twice after listening to this um,
3: you may want to think twice about a hell of a lot of things after <laughs> listening to this we could have
5: room 104 like you know like body condoms uh, and like goggles see I'm hooking you guys uh, up here I'm um, yeah, going out of gags goggles <laughs>
3: a line a whole line of uh, merchandise <laughs> for, for safer exactly not even sex just safer living get rid of your beard we gonna have a room 104 <laughs> razor uh, waxy strips for your uh, whatever you're getting waxed happy days well <laughs> listen and uh, dr wider it's always a pleasure having you on um it's at dr wider across instagram if you want to go follow or make sure you do d or w-i-d-e or d d or keep meshing those two words or letters together at the end but listen <laughs> uh, there you go there's your full roundup of how you can get some of these awkward diseases from not necessarily um having sex on the weekends or during the week whatever but listen dr wider always a pleasure and we will uh, chat again soon thanks for popping on
5: thanks guys
2: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with
3: Cormac Moore and Sir Long. We can search here on Room 104. Still to come after 11 if you think you were born in the wrong decade and you would have been far better off suited to the 50s or 60s or another time in the past. Uh, a gentleman, he's an artist from the UK. He goes around dressed like he's living in Victorian era 24-7. He's going down the shops. He's got like the fancy coat on, the cravats, looks like... Uh, Something you'd see from a completely different time. We'll be chatting to him uh, in a few moments' time. We were just speaking there with uh, Dr. Jennifer Wider, telling you about all the fantastic different ways that you can pick up various different um, uh, STIs. Doesn't have to be just from having sex. Uh, we got a couple of messages in. Peter has said uh, that woman should be a dietitian. After listening to her, I got put off my food until tomorrow. Thanks. No worries at all. <laughs> we're here to help. Yeah, it's you.
4: pretty disgusting
3: here here to help you make those gains Peter you know or those losses if you're trying to lose weight there you go job done so beard hair is bad and hair down there is good <gasps> my god how the world has changed and that's actually from a different Peter but listen now the interview with Jennifer if you've missed it will be up on the room 104 podcast very very shortly Cormac and Sisha, are you back in studio yet no
4: no we're not no we are still socially distancing
3: and hang on, speaking of people being back in, in studio, there's one or two people that are back in studio, masked up, socially distant. Uh, yep. And someone sent in a ton of donuts, I think, earlier on today. And as per usual, we get none.
4: I saw Shocking, lads. that. Now, was that just because Crossy always gets Was that his breakfast, in things, you mean? He was like, oh, Crossy. they got it
3: delivered in. I was like, no, Crossy, you ordered that. Come on, that was your breakfast. Let's yeah. go, I'll spade a spade I now.
4: wonder... That's what I'm thinking, yeah. But I do know that himself and Emma were the only ones in. So the only ones that could eat.
3: (laughs) Absolutely devastating, lads. You gotta share. So if that ever happens again, Emma and Crossy, you know where we live. You can drop them around after the show. You're not doing anything else anyway, so I expect you can just drop them outside my front door. Happy days. Yeah. We'd appreciate I would
4: love a donut.
3: Appreciate that. Oh yeah, so there you go. Um, right on the way next, we're going to be chatting to somebody who studies goosebumps. Why do you get goosebumps? What's the physical, biological reason for it? Uh, and also, what are some of the things that give you goosebumps? Maybe it's the music. Not not if you just obviously the cold when you're shivering. But what gives you goosebumps? We'll be chatting about that and uh, asking you. Will you send us in that one song that gives you the goosebumps anytime you hear it? Let us know. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Anyway, FM one zero four is
2: Room one zero four podcast with Corman
3: like more, and Saoirse It's Cormac and Saoirse here and have you ever asked yourself the question why you get goosebumps?
4: Yeah, all the time. It's the only kind of bodily function that I cannot understand. So, you know, obviously your nose runs because you're cold or your eyes run because you're crying or it's windy outside. But I just yeah. don't understand goosebumps because obviously they happen when you're excited. They can happen when you're freezing cold. So it's different kind of emotions so I don't understand where it Can comes I from. Can it happen when you're excited? Yeah, it happens to me. I get goosebumps all the time. Do you? Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get goosebumps when I'm cold. I've never really gotten them when I've been excited though
4: I don't know if that's normal but I definitely have
3: maybe you, sh- you need to check yourself into a hospital now Saoirse <laughs> after this because I'll be like my god uh, no I mean our, our bodies do obviously a bazillion and one different things that we probably never stop to actually think about and kind of go hang on why, why why am I doing this what's going on anyway somebody who has looked into this whole area of your goosebumps and why you get them uh, looked into it in greater depth than we have from the utah state university we're delighted to welcome onto room 104 this evening now dr mitchell Culver. doc how are things really
6: good thanks for having me Uh,
3: no problem at all so i suppose yeah first question is what what exactly are goosebumps why do we get them
6: yeah it's a great question and the the real reason has to do with the cold just like searcher said the hair follicle is kind of surrounded by a set of muscles that when we get cold it's very useful to kind of stand our hair up on ends and kind of reset it and that you know if we were really very hairy like a gorilla that act would actually create a nice layer of warmth underneath our fur but we don't have fur anymore it's gone now um, and so that same muscle contracting actually just causes our hair to grow a little bit longer it's a way of, of helping us stay warm in the cold you'll see a chicken do this right I'll fluff up its feathers and kind of mm. get that warmth up underneath those feathers so that she can sit on top of her chicks and really keep them nice and warm also.
4: And is there such thing as, like, having it as a defense mechanism? Was that ever a thing?
6: Yeah, absolutely. So this is partly why it kind of is associated with fear. You know, there's a popular children's book series, uh, at least in the United States, it's called Goosebumps. Uh, Uh, it's associated with fear because yeah exactly yeah it's very I mean I think globally it's very well received it's this idea that when you can see like two cats fighting in an alley and they'll do this thing where they puff up their fur using the same muscles and that's called pyloerection it's the same thing that causes a to get goosebumps and they'll puff up their fur to, so they look bigger to whatever it is that is threatening them. And that's a, that's a defense mechanism to help us to deal with kind of aiding in the environment that might be showing us that we, we need to be on the defense and we need to appear a little bit bigger. And so in some of what's going on is, is there's a, a few things getting crossed over some wires get crossed so sometimes it has to do with the cold sometimes it has to do with threats and then just like Saoirse was saying sometimes it has to do with getting excited which is a little bit that's actually what my research was about is why is this goosebump happening sure we can understand the cold we can understand yeah. kind of the threat but why is this happening when when we're listening to music we're listening to a concert you know
3: and and then what did your, your kind of research found because I suppose now, now that you mention it cold is obviously happens happens you know doesn't take too much explaining for that. You can kind of guess that intuitively. But, yeah, if you listen to an amazing live piece of music or at a concert and it just hits you right in the feels and you're just like, oh, my God, wow, why... Did you discover any particular reason as to why someone might get goosebumps listening to music?
6: yeah absolutely so it's pretty pretty interesting first of all uh, just like you said not everyone gets goosebumps when they listen to music we we, we, we see in the research anywhere from fifty five to maybe eighty five percent of the population gets goosebumps in reaction to great beauty in nature or in art and so this is really what the research was about why for some and not for others in terms of the physiology what's happening in the brain is pretty fascinating there's two kind of two parts of your brain that you can kind of think about what we'd say is the more emotional part of the brain and then the more thinking part of the brain. And when we're in the environment, you know, kind of going through life, the emotional brain's listening for anything that's gonna hurt us, harm us. And so, as it listens to kind of stimuli all around us, it listens for things that are out of place, or really high, you know, like a scream. If someone scratches their fingernails on a chalkboard, uh, you know, someone shouts at you, and that kind of turns our alarm bells off to get us to kind of get ready to have a fight. The interesting thing is, is that emotional brain doesn't distinguish between someone shouting at you and fingernails on a board and an opera singer hitting a high note or, you know, someone playing a fiddle and hitting a really lovely high note. And so the emotional brain treats all of those as we better get ready to fight, we better get ready to run. And it's, it turns on the alarm bells. But then just milliseconds later, the thinking brain, the cognitive brain, does something It's called cognitive reappraisal. And what it does is it has a chance to say, hey, emotional brain, I know you're kind of getting excited here, but that's just an opera singer. That's just my favorite, you know, that's just my favorite violinist or whatever it is. And that cognitive reappraisal happens within milliseconds and can kind of redirect that system, redirect that fear. And so what happens is, you know, there's this emotional buildup, but within milliseconds it's redirected and then it dissipates as those goosebumps so what would have been us kind of puffing up our fur so to speak to, to face a threat like a cat does in an alleyway is being redirected as this wave of really intense pleasure of oh wow this is beautiful i really you know i'm just having a great time at this concert
4: and can goosebumps happen all over the body or is it just your arms or just your legs
6: so they can happen all over and they do in fact I experienced, you know, huge waves of goosebumps all over, down from, you know, from the top of my head down to the, the bottom of my feet. And that's partly why I got into researching goosebumps and, and how they're related to our personalities and whatnot, because I do have these big waves of goosebumps when I listen to music. The most common areas we see are the top of the scalp and down the back of the neck, over the shoulders and down the arms, occasionally also going down the back. Um, that's kind of where it starts, and then it kind of spreads out. And so obviously for those of us who have more tense, experiences with goosebumps they can be all over and can last for you know 45 seconds minute and a half can go for quite some time not not brief but can can extend
4: because I often find, yeah, sometimes it can be sore. I know that probably sounds really weird, but you know, the way, with goosebumps, not only is your hair standing up, but you're getting the little bumps on your arms or your legs. So especially when you're cold, you're t- you tend to try and rub your leg or you rub your arm to try and stop it.
6: Yeah, yeah. I had a friend, a colleague at work, who she would get goosebumps anytime she saw like an accident happening, like, you know, a car crash or someone was about to get hurt or those videos, you know, those funny funniest mm. videos that we see on YouTube. fail And she, she says she would get goosebumps and then especially Inside of her elbows, she would just get terrible pain, and would have to start rubbing her the inside of her elbows to kind of calm that down, and and rubbing her arms to try to say, well, let's you know, let's kind of calm this down, just exactly like what you say.
3: So you mentioned there as well that you know you were looking between the link between goosebumps and, and personality in some of the research that you've done, but is there? A- much of a link or can you determine anything about a person based off their ability or inability to goosebump?
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's a very strong link. So that's partly what my research showed was there's a a personality trait called openness to experience. It's one of the Mm. big five indicators of personality. And openness to experience is basically the idea that some of us are more interested in, in the new things of life. We, we want to get out and have the new food, the new cuisine. We want to go see the new place. We want to hear the newest band. Other people are more interested in hanging back with tradition or hanging back with what they already know, the familiar. And that openness to experience causes individuals to not only go out and seek these new experiences, but when they're having them, they pay. Uh, they tend to pay a lot closer attention to what's going on. And this is actually what causes the goosebumps to happen because what we do know in like a musical setting is is that there are pieces of music that are more likely to cause someone to get the goosebumps but the listener actually has to be paying pretty close attention to the music itself. has to be kind of involved and that emotional involvement, that investment, that cognitive investment in the piece of music is really what sets the stage for a person to come away having a goosebump, pleasureful pleasurable goosebump experience. Um, So I don't know if if you like Pink Floyd but there's a track on the dark side of the moon that causes people to have goosebumps because of the way the the vocalist actually sings that song dark side of the moon and it's it's pretty thrilling it's a thrilling song but you have to actually be paying attention you have to listen you can't just have it kind of playing in the background and 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 these people who have high openness to experience tend to experience music with a lot more attentive than most other people and that's what's causing it to happen for them
4: Oh, i love that i'm going to listen to that song another song by the way if anybody is is listening and uh, they want to give themselves goosebumps maybe some people have never experienced goosebumps Riverdance.
3: <laughs> I was going to yeah. ask you, which one tro- throws you into the goosebumps. That, that's the one for you.
4: Riverdance is like, it just, like I don't know what it does to my body. It just, yeah. But it makes, just,
3: does that not make you cry as
6: well?
4: Yeah, it does make me cry. So first off, I get shivers and then I get goosebumps and then I start crying. That's weird.
6: And the interesting thing about that is, this All of those, the systems that that govern goosebumps also govern our other fear responses. So crying, shortness of breath, you know, you'll you'll hear people say, it took my breath away. And it's all this actual same cognitive reappraisal where I think in particular with Riverdance, it's not just the music that's thrilling. It's also the excellence of performance ship. It's the noise of their feet on the stage, which is kind of a rumbly noise. I mean, imagine if you were in the, in the forest, a, a little rabbit in the forest, and you heard all those footsteps coming at you. You'd get scared. Well, our brain does initially kind of take that in as something to be scared of, all that stomping and everything. But, but very quickly it reappraises and says, no, this is art. This is beauty. And this is to be enjoyed, and so then we do get those waves of pleasure, that crying, that kind of take my breath away experience. It's it's really very thrilling.
3: It's really strange that it's actually initially, you know, yeah, linked to that emotional brain, that it's a fight or flight response that it's triggering, and then your brain, obviously, as you mentioned, has to kind of kick in and go, no, no, no relax, don't go sprinting out of the arena now. Enjoy the rest of Riverdance. You're perfectly safe and perfectly fine. Yeah. But um, it, it just yeah, it's, it's just mad that the thing that if you if you're listening right, Saoirse's song would be uh, Riverdance. That would be the one that would get her make goosebumps on the back of her head. What would be the other song if you if you have a particular song that gets you um, goosebumps on your neck and shivers down your spine? Let us know what it is. Drop us in a WhatsApp 087-67-97-104. Uh, and if you've never experienced any goosebumps from listening to anything or having experience, apparently you're just a very closed off, traditionally minded person who doesn't like anything new.
4: I don't think anybody hasn't experienced them, and I think everyone has that song that they say that gives me goosebumps. Everyone. The,
3: the start of Maniac Two Thousand when it was replayed at Electric Picnic a few years. Ago. <laughs> go. Um, but listen, um, we appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with this. Didn't realize there was such a link between uh, goosebumps and personality traits or openness to experience. It's all very fascinating. Is there uh, anywhere we can uh, direct people? Do you have a website or Instagram or social media channels, best place to kind of find some of the work that you're doing?
6: Sure, I have a website. It's um, MitchellColver.com So Mitchell and then C-O-L-V-E-R dot com.
3: Brilliant. Well, uh, listen Dr. Mitchell Culver from uh, the Utah State University expert in goosebumps. Thanks a million for popping on this evening.
6: Thanks so much for having me. It's
3: been great. And remember, send in yours. Which song is the one song that gives you goosebumps any time you hear it? Always FM one
2: hundred four is Room one hundred four podcast with Cormac Moore and Sirisha Long.
3: FM one hundred four, Cormac and Sirisha here. Good evening. Hope things are well. Uh, you can listen back to all the interviews and the full shows, by the way, on the Room one hundred four podcast. Get that wherever you get your podcast from. We were just chatting t- uh, with someone there who, um, uh, Mister Culver, he's a. Researcher, and he studies things like goosebumps. Why do you get goosebumps? And we were chatting there about various different songs that give people uh, goosebumps. What is the one song that, when you hear it, just sends shivers down your spine and it goes "oh"? When you get goosebumps, let us know. Drop us a WhatsApp: oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. This drives Sisha mad to the point where you start crying. Going on. Like what part it's of it do you get the goosebumps at? Like, is it this part
4: or where? It's, it's,
3: well, it, it, it's more the dancing part. It's not the emotional part, not this like oh lovely part. More the dancing.
4: Yeah, but I like this part as well. Like, yeah, it, it, it's the whole thing, right? So this starts, and I know what's coming. Yeah. It's not really the singing. It's more when they just all start dancing together. I can't cope. Mm. Can you fast forward?
3: Unfortunately not. Unfortunately, guys, we have to sit through eight minutes of Riverdance.
4: <laughs> no, see, this is this is the beginning. This is where it gets like a little bit kind of. I get a bit sweaty. <laughs> I haven't started getting goosebumps yet. I'll tell you when.
3: Right. Okay. okay so that's where you go. Know. Listen. Let us know if it's not a Riverdance. If Riverdance doesn't do it for you, what is the thing that when you hear it, uh, let, uh, it gives you goosebumps? Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. So your goosebump songs this evening. Let us know and uh, still nothing it's oh, getting okay. up to the it's point now it. the drum is coming yeah. isn't it it's coming down a second here, here we go
4: here we go Michael's coming on
3: Michal oh my God. literally
4: of I, I get so emotional I can't even deal with this the second they start tapping their feet like, I just get overcome with emotion <laughs> Honestly,
3: I mean, it's a brilliant production in fairness it, it is a huge thing and a, a huge it's been insanely successful. So you're not the only one who feels it, but uh, there you go. Riverdance is the thing that sends Saoirse over the edge, gives her goosebumps. What is it, the song, that uh, does it for you? 87 67 We'll get back and play some of your um, some of your kind of goosebumpy songs next here on FM. FM 104's Room
2: 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sersha Long.
3: Good evening, it's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. Visit our flagship store in Tallaght or get free delivery at playblue.com i e we are talking about those songs that when you hear them just give you shivers down your spines and wind up giving you goosebumps. What's the song that when you hear it just gives you goosebumps no matter what? I still think this is playing. Hang on. Whoa. Oh no it's not.
4: Has it got into my part now?
3: No unfortunately it hasn't.
4: <laughs> I was just crying that whole time there during the break. I'm
3: uh, for Saoirse Saoirse's song is Riverdance so the whole thing well maybe the kind of stampy dancing bit when uh, Michal of Flaholly comes out on stage and starts doing his uh, dancing that sends her out the top I'd say the, the song that does it for me is the live version of Coldplay's
0: Selling a little or a lot
1: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Borough purchase at borough.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash ACAST. Sky full of stars.
0: Um,
4: uh, really? I mean, it's decent. It is decent. This is how
3: atmospheric an area it is.
4: I think a lot of the older songs, like you laughed about Maniac 2000 earlier on, honestly, that would do it for me as well.
3: Uh, well, Listen, Maniac 2000 is an incredible song. It's been overplayed, obviously, over the years, but for a lot of people just hearing the start, you know?
4: Oh, it's just so good. Big shout-out to Al Gibbs as well.
3: Oh, yeah, creator, writer, producer.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, I think, I think
3: it's it's the live the, the, the live elements of it as well. When there's a crowd around you, you're like, oh, what's going on? It just kind of uh, it kind of adds to it. Uh, but eight, it's seven, just six, it's uh, that it's that
4: first on. line. It's that first line where and it screams. just reminds you of no. When he starts singing, it reminds you of where you were when you were fourteen or fifteen at your first disco. You remember it like it was yesterday. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah brilliant
3: yeah, the, the songs that do that to you they bring them back let us know what your goosebump song is 0876797104 Kelly got in touch who is a diehard Liverpool fan and uh, said that you'll never walk alone in Anfield when she's in Anfield and hears the crowd playing it obviously it sends her completely over oh god I just got
0: Goosebumps
3: because yeah, she's a diehard uh, Liverpool fan as well yeah. Um, very emotional very emotional year for the roller coaster but ride that was. You know wild.
4: what? I would have I would have heard that so much when I was growing up because my mum huge Liverpool supporter and my two brothers. Mm, so I grew yeah. up in a house full of them. So, you know, it does kind of remind you of your childhood a bit.
3: Something again about a whole stadium joining in on something ridiculous like that. If you're obviously at the stadium, it's, it's even better. Something about live songs, I think, just do it for, for more people and give them goosebumps whenever they hear it. Uh, let us know, Oh, it's 97 104 A couple of messages in um, saying which songs. Let me just make sure that our PC fader is turned up over here. Um, okay, Tommy has said that this particular song gives him the goosebumps. Oh, I know this one. I was just skipping. There we go.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, not times. Although fun.
4: the only thing it reminds you of bad times.
3: Why? Because it's a really it reminds me of song. funerals.
4: Yeah, it just does. Like not that it was played at any funeral I was ever at, but it just reminds me of that kind of darkness. Can you?
3: Yeah, the, the one thing you that they, like, I, Irish, Irish Irish people don't do well is, uh, mm. you know, singing that kind of rap and R&B stuff. Can you imagine your, like, your, your local parish choir in the church trying to belt this out?
4: Yeah, it'd be really embarrassing. If you would definitely up up get up shivers. Get for
3: me. <laughs> You'd be like, nah, come on now. Get back to Be Not Afraid, please. We won't be doing any of this fancy stuff.
4: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, another one, though, Sweet Child of Mine.
3: Sweet Child of Mine?
4: Guns, guns and Roses, Yeah.
3: Oh, that yeah, that's a great bit. tune.
4: Oh, it's such a I'm going to see if I can pull that song. up in a
3: second because I don't want to butcher that song because that's great. Uh, Dermot has said the start of u uh, 2 Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For.
4: Yeah, U2, actually, a lot of them, or their music live is, is Goosebumps central.
3: Again, they're big, they're atmospheric, they're excellent.
4: Yeah. So are we getting
3: the Goosebumps now, Dermot, as you're listening?
4: And actually, funnily enough, I don't know if anyone's seen... Um, was it the late late show gay burn it was like a look back or something like that anyway they they were airing it on i think it was yesterday i was watching it or the day before but um they had sinead o'connor on and her singing live nothing compares to you was just oh. unbelievable and this was going back to i think it was 94 mm. whatever whatever year that was uh that that came out and she sang it she's only 23 or something at the time unbelievable
3: yeah, that's a great one. I uh, got another one in as well here. Look, um, Irish national anthem brings a tear to my eye on big match days. Yeah, that's that's a that's a powerful one, um, especially like again in Crow Park when the whole stadium's going mad. Gary, thank you for that. Uh, Emma has said that this is um, this is the song. This is her song that gives her uh, goosebumps anytime she hears it. <laughs>
4: ah, yeah, come on! Do you know what it is? Me? yeah. yeah. <laughs> great
3: song
4: <laughs> it is a great might song might be the
3: extended uh, club mix but she said this is the song that when she hears it if you're here and listen to this now I'm like, oh yeah some people oh, again, so good. some of those big clubby songs aren't, aren't bad at all so that was obviously Zombie Nation the, 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 the Kerncraft 400 it's great song yeah, they don't make them like that
4: anymore you know. they just don't Way better dance songs back in
3: the day, didn't they? Uh, They did indeed. And then, yeah, so that's it. If if there's any other ones, any other songs that kind of make you go, what's this? Uh, Algeria, Cirque du Soleil. What's this one now? That sounds a bit fancy. I don't know if I've seen this. Oh, I think Uh, I
4: know
3: that uh, one. Well, the other one, you know, the one Mary, no, Susan Boyle sang on The X Factor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no! Was was
4: Britain's Got Talent? I I dreamed a dream. Oh yeah, no.
3: That's another another good one. She's got a great voice.
4: Yeah, that wouldn't do it for you.
3: So I've never heard the song before in my life. Shame on me. Cirque du Soleil, Algeria. No, it's not Algeria. I feel
4: like I have. I feel like I have heard it before.